Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 welcome to the todd starn show sponsored by legacy precious metals there's never been a better time to invest in precious metals visit legacypminvestments.com that's legacypminvestments.com From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us, that's right, I love this American right. Todd Starks. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's me. Hello everybody, how's it going? Happy Monday to you. Uh, my condolences to uh, the good people of Florida. Man, you folks over at Florida State, you got robbed. What a mess that is. And uh, may I just say, I you know, a lot of people are, are saying that Alabama deserved uh, to have that to have that final slot there. I I don't know about that. I'm I mean, honestly, if you're if you're going to go undefeated and you're going to beat the teams you beat, it seems to me that you deserve to be. You deserve to be in the college football playoffs. So clearly, uh, that um, opinion is uh, in the minority these days. But I will go a step further. <clears throat> I felt like Georgia should have been there. I even though even though things did not go well uh, there at the SEC championship game, uh, it was such a close game. I think an argument could have been made that Georgia should have been in in the mix. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of controversy in the in the world of sports this weekend, and uh, honestly, I'm I'm not sure how this all gets sorted out unless they actually um, add to uh, the number of teams in the playoffs. So if you want to, I know we've got a lot of very upset folks out there. So if you need to, if you need to vent today, I will I will let you do that on the program because that's what we do here on the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Liberty University, how about that? First time in school history, they went undefeated, conference champions, and uh, they're going they're going to one of the big bowls. Uh, that was an exciting and exciting weekend over at Liberty. And, you know, this was really the dream of Dr. Jerry Falwell Sr. He wanted to build a university, a Baptist university, that would be on par with Notre Dame in the the world of academics and athletics, and and I think that uh, finally that that dream has come true. So congratulations to the Liberty Flames. A lot of very happy people over there on high atop Liberty Mountain. Uh, by the way, our phone number, if you want to call in for the show, nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. That's nine zero one. Two six zero five nine two six. Now I have a question for you. Over the weekend, there was uh, there was an incident in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. By the way, just a few moments ago, three people stabbed at the historic Macy's 
in downtown Philadelphia. All three of them are uh, security guards. Anyway, uh, certainly hope everybody gets gets better there. But over the weekend, there was a there was a protest, and you had these pro Hamas mobs that are out there and they're rampaging um, in New York City. There were riots in Times Square. They actually had to use tear gas to um, to keep the uh, the pro Hamas sympathizers out of the McDonald's and Starbucks. And then there was this uh, this really ugly ugly rally outside of of a of a restaurant called Goldie's. So much so that the governor of uh, Pennsylvania, John Shapiro actually issued a statement calling what happened anti-Semitic and completely unjustifiable, said it was a blatant act of anti-Semitism. And it certainly was. Uh, The restaurant is called Goldie, and it's one of several owned by an Israeli chef, Michael Solmanoff. And you may have eaten at one of his restaurants. I believe he's very popular in the restaurant world. So the video shows um, a pretty horrible situation out there. Um, as just hundreds and hundreds of protesters were gathered outside and they were chanting these awful messages. And the White House uh, issuing a statement saying it's completely unjustifiable to target restaurants that serve Israeli food over disagreements with Israeli policy. A congressman, uh, Brendan Boyle, weighed in said, I can't believe I have to say this, but targeting a business simply because they're Jewish-owned is despicable. Philadelphia stands against this story of harassment and hate. And I, I mean, I'm glad these are great statements. A couple of observations. You know, Christian businesses have been under attack from the gay community for a decade now. Nobody, nobody ever came to their defense in the, in the government like this, but they should have. Because it's the same level of hatred, and it's all vile. The Christian hatred, the Jewish hatred, it's all vile. And I hate it for this guy because ultimately what these mobs want to do are a couple of things. Number one, they want to shut down these businesses. So they want to put these Jews out of business. And we saw this happening in the early days of of, of Nazi Germany. Now, keep in mind that you've got the people out there in the mainstream media, and, and uh, uh, by the way, Lizard Cheney among, other, among them, saying that, oh, Trump is going to be a dictator, Trump is, is a Hitler, Trump is a Nazi. Well, that's been disproven over and over and over and over again. Also, by the way, uh, President Trump has Jewish grandchildren. But any time the Democrats accuse Trump of doing something, they're, in fact, the ones doing it. And, and that's what's happening right now. Because by and large, you have this Hamas Antifa mob, and they're out there in cities all over America, and that's what they're trying to do. They literally want to shut down all of these Jewish businesses. And it's it's going to get to a point, and we've started to see this happen. I mean, in Los Angeles, you had the, the Jewish protester who was murdered. You've had, in New York City over the weekend, you had some Jewish supporters who were beaten up in the streets. The violence is ratcheting up. And my question is, at what point do you do you say, okay, this is it, we're done here? Because understand what's happened. Because of our immigration policies, by the way, over the weekend, 10,000 illegals at the border. 
because of our immigration policies, we now have small armies of military-aged Middle Eastern men in just about every major and medium-sized city in America. And by and large, the police are outnumbered here. I mean, when you look at what happened in New York City uh, over the weekend, you look at what happened in New York City at the lighting of the Rockefeller Christmas tree, it's very clear that as great as the NYPD was and is, they are vastly outnumbered by the enemy. We are watching a powder keg. This is a powder keg situation. And at some point, it's going to turn very violent. And when I say very violent, I mean people are going to lose their lives. Because in some instances, you wonder, just like at the uh, the high school in Queens, where the mob of, what, 400 students, they went classroom to classroom hunting down their pro-Israel teacher who was, turns out she was locked in a classroom that was, that was being guarded by other teachers. So when you, when you get to that point, you have to ask the question, what were the kids going to do when they captured the teacher? And we asked the city councilwoman this, Vicki Palladino. She's a great lady. She represents that area of the city council there in New York. And, and she said flat out, well, look, I think they would have torn her from limb to limb. They would have beaten her to a pulp. And I agree. And I think that's where all of this is heading. And so my question is, what are we going to do about this? Seriously, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to take the the George Floyd approach and just allow the mobs to burn down our cities and to, to loot and to riot and pillage and plunder? But this is really not even about rioting or pillaging or plundering. This is about this is about instilling fear into the hearts of every Jew in America. And I will I will add Christian, because I think they're going to be coming after the Christians as well. But this is a very, very precarious situation we're in right now. And if you're if you're law enforcement, how do you handle this? If you are the president of the United States, you can only turn a blind eye for so long. I don't think you can do it anymore. Because a lot of these Jews, an overwhelming number of the Jews, are Democrats. And they are wealthy Democrats. They wield some sort of power. I want to play some audio here of something that happened over the weekend. And give credit where credit is due. Dana Bash, God bless her, pushed back and called out a Democrat congresswoman. Congresswoman Jayapal. She was on CNN. And she was asked to condemn Hamas, the, the rapes of the, the Israeli, they're, they're raping Israeli women, little girls. I mean, the level of sexual violence directed at Israeli women who were captured, it's, folks, it is just unspeakable. So I want you to hear how this went down. Cut 11. I want to ask you about uh, sexual violence. And the, it's kind of remarkable that this issue hasn't gotten enough Attention, uh, globally, widespread use of rape, uh, brutal rape, sexual violence against Israeli women by Hamas. Um, I've seen a lot of progressive women, generally speaking, they're quick to defend women's rights and speak out against using rape as a, as a weapon of war. But downright silent on what we saw on October 7th and what might be happening 
inside Gaza right now to these hostages. Why is that? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think we, we always talk about the impact of war on women in particular. In fact, I remember 20 years ago I did a petition around the war in Iraq. Have you said, saying have that, you talked about it since oh, October 7th? Oh, absolutely, 7? and I've condemned what Hamas has done. I've condemned Specifically all of women? the actions. Absolutely, the, the rape, the, of course. But I think we have to remember that Israel is a democracy. That is why they are a strong ally of ours. And if they do not comply with international humanitarian law, they are bringing themselves to a place that makes it much more difficult strategically for them to be able to build the kinds of allies to keep public opinion with them. And frankly, uh, morally, I think we cannot say that one war crime deserves another. That is not what international humanitarian law says. Okay, with with respect, I was just asking about the the women, and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I I said it's horrific, and I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. 15,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israeli airstrikes, three quarters of whom are women and children. And it's horrible, but you don't see Israeli soldiers raping Palestinians. Well, Dana, I think we're not... not Wow. Folks, just to to illustrate, this is how how the left feels about what's happening right now in, in Israel. Basically, you heard the congresswoman try to justify the rapes. And I, this is even stunning a lot of people that are on the within the Democrat Party. Uh, Christine Pelosi is uh, Nancy's daughter. And she's she was right. She wrote this. I should not have to say this in 2023, but here we are. Rape is rape. Do not minimize, excuse, balance, or both sides sexual assault. That is victim blaming. We've spent decades trying to undo in the laws, the courts, and the hearts and minds of the people. Holy smokes, this clip is horrifying. And again, this is this is where we are. So um, I just want to point something out before we go to break here. And this is something that you need to consider uh, as we have just come off a week where where Congressman George Santos, a Republican, was expelled from Congress. Congresswoman Jayapal still has a seat in Congress. So I'm going to ask you what that woman said. And by the way, she is she is she hates Jews. Jayapal and many others hate Jews. So what is worse, a Jew hater congresswoman or Congressman George Santos? Why is she still a sitting member of Congress? Our telephone number, by the way, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. It's it's sad that you have to point this out. But the fact of the matter is, we've already set precedent here by expelling George Santos, who has yet to be convicted of a crime. They threw him out based on what he is accused of doing or or is accused of saying. Well, what about Congresswoman Jayapal? All right, we're going to go to your phone calls coming up. This is the Todd Stearns Show. Hi, this is Todd Stearns, and I want to update you on my Calitrin journey. I'm still losing weight. I'm also sleeping a lot better, and I've got a lot more energy. 
Calitrin really is about more than just weight loss. Here's my good friend Elizabeth from Calitrin. That's right. You know, I've lost 40 pounds with it myself. I can tell you wholeheartedly that anybody can take this product and lose weight with it. It's really easy once a day, right at bedtime. It's not going to be a quick fix for weight loss. It's not going to be overnight results, but if you give it time to work, it's got a huge 86% success rate with 90 days of Calitrin. So check it out on our website today, toploss.com. We've still got the huge sale up. It's the biggest one we do all year. It's on our website, toploss.com. That's T-O-P-L-O-S-S.com. And if you have questions or concerns, you want to call us, we're live, real live people right here in America, one eight three three top loss That's 833-TOP-LOSS. And be sure to use that discount code, Todd. Let's uh, go to the phones here. James in Harmony, North Carolina, wants to weigh in on this college football playoff issue. James, it is a mess out there. <laughs> it is a mess up. And let me tell you what I think is happening here. And you almost you may have to be a Michigan or Ohio State fan to even understand what I'm about to tell you. Okay, on ESPN, you have two very... Ohio State heavy alumnus, okay? And you may know who I'm talking about. I don't really want to mention their names, but they're very anti-Michigan, okay? So their goal is to get Ohio State in at any cost, all right? Well, they couldn't do that this time, so their next best thing is is to get a team in there that can beat Michigan, Michigan's ranked number one in the college football playoff right now. So I'm agreeing with you. I think Florida got screwed out of that number four spot because as of December 2nd, they were still in that number four spot. Okay? So they won. They won their conference championship. They did everything they had to do, James. They they did every single thing they had to do. Their body of work spoke for itself. They did everything they needed to do. They got screwed, okay? So what I think happened is their, their thinking is I think they have heavy influence on the college football playoff committee, selection committee. I think they have influence on them somehow. So they said, you know what? We want Alabama in there over Florida State because we think Alabama has a better chance of beating Michigan than Florida State does. Well, you That's saw the reaction. You saw the reaction when they announced to the Michigan players who they were going to be playing. There were audible groans in the. Uh, you, they probably shouldn't have videoed that, uh, but but I think they saw. They immediately saw the writing on the wall here, and I think the issue is that you've got people on that committee who say Alabama always has to be in the championship run, no matter no matter what how they play. They've always got to be in there. Well, and you're right. You're probably right about that. But the thing is, that doesn't have to always. It doesn't always have to be an SEC team in the college football playoff. And that's the thing that these people don't understand. So my thing is, too, Florida State. I'm. I'm. I've been blowing up Twitter with this too. Believe me, they did everything they needed to do. Okay, I'm not. I, I listen. I don't hate Alabama. Okay, I don't. I think Alabama's very good. They won their conference championship. 
They beat Georgia, but Alabama was ranked number eight. Number eight, they James. Ranked- we got to leave it there because we're running late for. But you're right; they were ranked number eight, and all of a sudden they're jumping up. I I don't know about that. By the way, Coach Norville, disgusted, infuriated. I, it's look they they have every right to be angry. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. This is the Todd Stern Show. MyPillow is celebrating its 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. You're going to get their queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more, you're going to be able to get a king-size pillow. You're going to receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products like bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing Amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to mypello.com slash starns. That's mypello.com slash starns. Use the promo code starns to get this amazing offer of the queen size mypello for $19.98 or call 1 800 839 8506. The offer comes with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee. That's mypello.com slash starns. Use the promo code starns or call 800 839 8506. Promo code starns. Hey, Todd, you're so smart about these things. I thought I'd ask you. Corn pop. Biden talks about him. And I'm wondering, maybe corn pop was a good dude that was just trying to protect the kids from a creepy lifeguard. What do you think? Oh, wow. Well, thank you, uh, David, from Washington State. Um, By the way, David sent us a shout-out, and you can do that if you download our free app. You can uh, send us a shout-out, and we will play those on the radio. You know, David, that could be. There could be something to that. Um, there's, there's no telling how Corn Pop would have reacted if he saw white Joe Biden inviting the uh, black children at the pool to caress his his hairy legs. So it, I, Corn Pop could actually be the the hero of all of this. So wow, what I never really thought of it like that. But David, thank you again. We have a thinking audience here on the Todd Stearns radio program. So this story out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I know we have a lot of listeners. Our good buddy Mike owns Nuga Radio, and this story is making the national headlines. So there is a Christian trucking company that is based in the Chattanooga area called Covenant, uh, Covenant Transport, and they have a really nice record. People really seem to enjoy uh, the trucking company. Uh, not only are they owned by Christians, they're also owned by Patriots, and uh, and many times they decorate their their big rigs with uh, the red, white, and blue, and thank yous to our veterans. And I think that's a pretty awesome thing. So anyway, the Biden Justice Department went after went after Covenant Trucking, and here's the reason why. So it turns out that Covenant they 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 are good law abiding people. So when somebody from uh, from outside of the United States wants a job, Covenant would ask those people, okay, well, you have to provide the documentation to prove that you are legally here and that you are allowed to work here. And that's what they've been doing. Well, according to the Biden Justice Department, that's against the law. 
they say that companies are not allowed to ask those kinds of questions. As a matter of fact, the Justice Department came in and accused Covenant of discriminating against non-U.S. citizen workers by requiring them to submit all this documentation to confirm their legal status. Now, many of you are thinking, wait a second, that doesn't sound very, that, that, that doesn't sound right. How is that possible? And it's a valid question. Because, ladies and gentlemen, under federal law, every business in America is required to make sure that their employees are documented workers. Under the Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986, you can look this up. It's the IRCA, the Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986. It is illegal for any employer to knowingly employ undocumented workers. When employees are hired, their employee is required to ask for documents. The documents have to show their identity and authorization to work in the U.S. Employees must terminate or refuse to hire an undocumented worker if they find the worker is unauthorized to work. So there you go. It seems like the good people at Covenant Trucking were placed in what we call a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. Because now the federal government is coming in and saying, oh, that's discrimination. So what are, what are these companies supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen? What are they supposed to do? Now, we reached out to Covenant Trucking, and uh, they, sent us, they sent us a statement. And for what it's worth, I, could, I can tell you that they're not going to comment a lot about this. But they decided to pay the fine, $700,000. And the reason why is it's going to be cheaper to pay that fine than it is to fight this in the courts. This it makes absolutely no sense. But this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a double standard, right? Rules for American citizens, rules for illegals. And the fact of the matter is, Covenant Trucking would have gotten in trouble one way or the other. And honestly, so could every other business in America, if that is going to be the new standard. I'm just telling you. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. want to play some audio here. This is from Chicago, where all you know what is breaking loose, speaking of the illegals. The black citizens of Chicago are fed up. Cut number nine. City of Chicago and any Republican candidate in the city of Chicago, now is your time because we are done with the Democratic Party. Wendy Johnson, Governor President, and President Biden have showed us what they think about the black community all over this country. And so we're standing here today to say, okay, if that's what it is, we win it. We don't have the Democratic Party. Right, right. We don't have to continue to sort support people who are not going to support us. And the Democratic Party here in this city, in this state, and in this country is not supporting us. You got the Republicans on one side and the Democrats on the other side. Guess what? They're part of the same bird. That's right. So it doesn't matter anymore which party we go with. But I'll tell you this. I'd rather deal with the snake 
that's outfitting himself of the Republican Party than the snake that's covered up in the Democratic Party. We're not going to continue to stand for this. We're not going to continue to allow our state representatives, our congressmen, our aldermen, and our mayor to let us know that we don't matter. Yes. Just like you're going to show us that we're going to matter, we're going to show you. All it's right. going to be a great day in the city of Chicago when a Democratic convention comes here yeah, and then they found out in March that a lot of black voters took Republican ballots. Right. Deal with that. Well, okay. Thank you there. Um, look, uh, the fact of the matter is, yes, good for yes, good for you, ma'am. And my question is, where are the Republicans? Where is Ronna McDaniel? And why is Ronna not standing alongside this woman in Chicago? I mean, we've we've seen a number of these uh, large gatherings of blacks, and they get it. By the way, they do get it because they understand there are snakes in the Republican Party, too. There really are. So my, my question is, what are we doing about this as Republicans? I mean, these these are people that are at the end of the rope. They're saying, that's it. We cannot tolerate these Democrats anymore. We have been taken advantage of, and we need a, we need a way out. So where are the Republicans? Why aren't we sending in delegations of Republicans to stand alongside these folks, to go into their homes and, and have a glass of iced tea and explain, hey, here's what the Republican Party believes, and we don't think illegal aliens ought to be living in your kid's gymnasium. Why aren't we having those kinds of conversations? And I'll tell you why. Because our party is still controlled by the Chamber of Commerce, folks. It's all about big business. It's not about the working man. It's not about the working woman. And it's certainly not about Chicago's South Side. But if we want to win, ladies and gentlemen, it's got to be about Chicago's South Side. It's got to be. It's got to be about places in Memphis, Tennessee, like Hickory Hill and Frazier and Whitehaven, black middle-class neighborhoods. And if we're not going to get out there and fight for every single one of those votes and to say, hey, look, we are in this together, we may not win. I'm just saying there's an opportunity in Chicago. Yeah, but Todd, they always vote. No, they don't always vote. They don't have to. Maybe if we spent a little, if we spent a little bit of time and effort and money in those neighborhoods, maybe we could start winning. I'm just saying. Uh, let's go to the phones here. James in Memphis, Tennessee, wants to weigh in on that crazy trucking story. James, what you got for us? You listen, I was going to talk about that, but this right here that what you were talking about, I'm so happy for those people in Chicago. I got a cousin live there. I don't know what to do, but it's black, it's white, it's Asians, it's Hispanic. It's, it's, a, it's just a conglomeration of people that see what's going on. Now, everybody ain't going to see. See, I, I, I'm 75 years old. I've been in the Vietnam War, and that war was started with a lie. Just like everything that's going on now, people are thinking they the truth. This Donald Trump, then he have been assassinated for four years. Ain't, ain't no accountability. The Repub- I already knew about the Republicans, but the Malcolm X even said the Democrats is the worst. The liberal, be careful for that liberal thinking that he love you. And that man, Steve Cohen, black people, I'll be shaming themselves. To continue on voting that man in our now, James. Really James, let me ask you a question here. Um, I, I'm curious. Um, are there more? Are there more people like yourself in your neighborhood who were former Democrats that are looking at the Republican Party right now? No, I, I've been. Not, I've been for none of. I always said they the same. 
I mean, if you look at what's going on, they all said it. They can say MAGA all they want to. But it's their actions that showing you, even this guy Johnson, I thought he was good. It's just like that man said, why are you going to continue on funding something that is insane, taking our money and doing what the hell you want to do with it? And that's what he's doing with the war. I don't care if your name is Israel. I don't They're doing a good job because they're fighting their own war. They're just getting this money from us. Everybody depends on, man, you got so much mess in this country, and you got nerve that to be giving it to somebody else, to my their border. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, hey, I see what's going <laughs> on, and I know it's a lot more, and that's those people in Chicago. But Memphis, y'all really need some help down there. And I'm saying on after a year, I'm gonna be, I've been homeless in the whole gamut, you know. I don't need nobody to tell me. It's really it's really right in your face. Evil is getting over. I'm from the streets, too. But they used to call me a square. Evil is getting over today. <laughs> evil is, well, I, I would say this, James. Evil is, unfortunately, winning the day in a lot of our, our cities. And this is what happens when good people stand down and don't do something about it. James, we got to run. Always good hearing from you. Thank you for the call. But I would be curious to know. If we, if we are looking at at the early stages of what could be a massive voting shift within the Democrat Party, much like Ronald Reagan, by the way, uh, after after poor Jimmy Carter's administration, we saw these, uh, they called them Reagan Democrats. Well, maybe, just maybe, we could start seeing some shifts in the minority communities, and you could have Trump coming in and winning at with numbers that you would not believe. There was a, a video I was watching. It was an interview back in the 1980s. And they were asking Donald Trump about his appeal, why people, why, why wealthy people didn't seem to like him. And he said that, you know what? He said wealthy people hated him. And the reason why is because they wanted what he had. But he, it was really fascinating to watch this interview because he said, in, in reality, the people that he really connects with are not the super wealthy, but the working men and women, the construction workers, the electricians, uh, the folks who were uh, running the um, the hotels, the the cleaning crews. He said that he has more in common with with those folks than he does with the super wealthy. And again, this was back in the 1980s, and it goes back to this idea that these are the people that Trump grew up around. These are the people that Trump worked with to build. His, his dynasty, his financial dynasty. And I think that, again, is why he has been so effective out on the campaign trail. Here's a man who's very comfortable in his own skin. He wants to wear a tuxedo, that's great. Golf pants, that's great. That's who he is. He wants to eat a bucket of KFC or a Big Mac from McDonald's, he's going to do it because that's who he is. He's comfortable in his own skin. And by the way, that's the one issue, well, several issues, but that is a significant issue with the fall of Ron DeSantis right now. And folks, we're going to get into this later on in the program. Nikki Haley is beginning to make her move. And even folks within the the media are suggesting that she might be able to gain ground on Trump. That's not going to happen. But I'm telling you, they're turning from, from Ron DeSantis over the weekend. Uh, one of his big super PACs never backed down. They backed down. They're, they're imploding, folks. People are not buying what Ron DeSantis is trying to sell. All right, we got to take a break. Again, our number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back.
morning. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today, everybody. Wow, a lot going on. we got the big debate coming up at the University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa. That ought to be interesting. Um, this uh, story uh, is leading over at Fox, where now even uh, some top Democrats are, are calling out Congresswoman Jayapal. And uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I didn't even, I, I keep forgetting she's there. Uh, Debbie says, Hamas terrorists raped Israeli women and girls. The only balanced approach is to condemn sexual violence loudly, forcefully, and without exceptions. Outrageous for anyone to both sides sexual violence. Okay, Debbie, what are you going to do about it? What's Debbie going to do? What are the Democrats going to do? What is the Speaker of the House going to do? I mean, if it if, if it was George Santos, they would have already expelled the guy again. By the way, Santos says he's going to start spilling all the uh, the ugly the ugly tidbits, if you will, the tiddlywinks of what's been going on behind the scenes up on Capitol Hill. But it's there's there all all I can say is there better be some good stuff there, but nothing's going to happen. Because they wanted to get rid of the guy. By the way, there is scuttlebutt, and I just want to share this with you so you're not surprised when when this happens. But there will be a movement to expel Congressman Matt Gates. That's in the pipeline. So just so you understand, as horrible as a human being that George Santos was, he was probably expelled not for his behavior but for the fact that he voted along with the conservative line over 96% of the time. So the Republicans lost a reliable a reliable vote. Yes, I know the guy is sleazy. I get that. But I'm just telling you that even though he was sleazy, he voted the right way. But they're coming after Matt Gates next. Do you understand that this has nothing to do with morality? This has nothing to do with righting a wrong. This has everything to do with marginalizing the power of the conservatives within the party. But I do want to ask you, based on what Congresswoman Jayapal has said, should this woman be expelled from Congress? I mean, honestly, I mean, this woman is a raging Jew-hating anti-Semite. Yes, I know that's redundant, but just bear with me. Does this woman deserve to have a seat in Congress? The precedent's already been set, right? We already know that they can and they will give someone the heave-ho. But let me ask you this question. Maybe we frame it like this. What's worse, what Congressman Santos did or what Congresswoman Jayapal said? Throw Rashida Tlaib in, too. Rashida Tlaib leading an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol complex. She's still got her day job. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. We're going to be taking your calls after the top of the hour break. Also, oh, we have some more on Christmas stories to share with you. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty insane. Drag queens and the baby Jesus. We're going to tell you all about that as well. Hey, in the meantime, head over to ToddSterns.com. We have some great resources for you there. And uh, be sure to get yourself a lovely gift. Pick out something very nice, very nice over at uh, the Todd Stearns Company store. 
Get yourself a copy of our Daily Biscuit and a good old Blessed Not Bitter coffee mug. We'll be having a good old time. All right, stick around, everybody. Hour two coming up next. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Wow, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Write down our telephone number, brand-new number. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. And uh, you'll be able to join the conversation today. So last year, we told you about this little town in Texas, uh, Taylor, Texas. And a very religious group. Uh, they've got a an organization called the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance. And so this is all the churches in the area, at least the ones that believe in God, where um, they get together and uh, they fellowship, you know, hang out together. So anyway, every year they've been responsible for putting on the annual Christmas parade. And last year we uh, told you about the controversy because a bunch of uh, alphabet activists demanded that they be included in the in the holiday parade, in the Christmas parade. And they um, initially refused to do so. Then they backed off of that. And so they allowed everybody to participate, and it turns out instead of uh, celebrating Jesus on their floats, they added drag queens. And it was a rather naughty, not nice performance they made in front of all of the uh, children of Taylor, Texas. Dare I say there were some people blushing. So anyway, uh, the outrage became so great. So my apologies. That was in 2021. Last year, the controversy became so outrageous that the town leaders, because at that point the, the preachers said, yeah, we're not going to allow the drag queens to expose their thongs to the children. Um, we're not going to allow the children to put dollar bills into the thongs of the drag queens, et cetera, et cetera. And so then the town got involved, and the town leaders were concerned that they might be uh, subjected to a lawsuit. So they decided to host a a second parade. So th- this tiny little town had not one but two parades. One one celebrating the newborn king and the other celebrating a bunch of drag queens. So this year, a lot's been happening in the little town of Taylor, Texas. This year, city council leaders voted overwhelmingly to create a new law on the books called the Event Ordinance. The Event Ordinance would effectively ban the churches from being a part of future community events because there were, they would not be allowed to uh, discriminate against people who wear fishnet stockings and stiletto heels. Size 13 shoes. So the Christians were basically told, shut up, mind your own business, you will no longer be in charge of the parade. And so this year, the uh, drag queens were invited uh, back, and the Christian churches were not. Now, the pastors could have 
waved the white flag of surrender, the, the pastors could have said, well, you know, we'll just use this as an opportunity to evangelize, so we will continue with our floats and we'll pass out gospel tracts and we'll, we'll continue to do this. Others might say, well, we lost the fight, so it's, it, we need to go ahead and we need to parade we need to parade and alongside the, the drag queens. We, we don't want to be behind the drag queens in case there's some twerking involved but um, or the whip and nay-nay. Uh, but anyway, we are going to <laughs> – Ben Dieter said, how do you know about the whip and nay-nay? I'm a man of the world, Ben Dieter. I have what, seen, else, what else do you know? I have seen things. May I just do a brief aside here for a moment? The year was – I don't know, 2012 of the year of our Lord. Dylan, when were you back in high school? When were you in high school? Mm, 2014. This would have been in 2014. Nice. Dylan, of course, uh, and your sister, I believe, in the marching band yes. at the high school. And every year they would, I would come down to Memphis for the Yuletide season, and I would go to the Christmas parade in South Haven, Mississippi. And so I went down there, and I'm standing there with uh, the family, and we're waiting for the band to march by so that we can cheer or heckle. And um, we were sort of amazed by the parade band. Uh, there was a, there was I think the local sewage company. You know, a lot of people don't ha- they have their own sewage tanks, right? And so they would call this company, and they would clean out the sewer sewage system. And so they had a lovely decorated sewage tank that said "Spreading Christmas Cheer." I thought that was very clever. And uh, then there was um there was a dance team from I think Orange Mound or you know one of I think I don't know somewhere in South Memphis and um and they were following the United Methodist Church float which was basically a replica of the nativity scene. So they had they had um you know Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus and then there was the uh, the dance team from Memphis doing the whip and nay nay right in front of the baby Jesus. And then in the darkness of the of the moment, Ben Dee, there was not a lot of light there, you know, just the street lights. And we were right there on Main Street. And there they were coming up in, in the distance were the Sons of the Confederacy and all their regalia. Oh, <laughs> quite, quite the Mempho combo package. Everybody celebrates. It's yeah. the reason for the season. So anyway, all that to say you don't want to be behind anybody doing the whip and nay nay or the, you know, or twerking. Wonder who won the parade that year. I don't know. Mm. I didn't stick around to ask. I want to get right back across the state line. All that to say, um, the long story short is the Christians decided, you know what, we're not going to do this. We're not going to, we're not going to compromise. You know, the, the Christmas season is about celebrating the birth of Christ, not not doing a drag show. That's not what this is about. And so, thank goodness, uh, the Christians there said, you're just going to have to do the parade without us. And they did. And they did. But the sad thing is that if Christians are no longer welcome in a Christmas parade in Taylor, Texas, what does that say about where we are as a nation right now, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, that's just insane. And that brings me to this story from... Disney and uh, Disney Plus, we have this story up at ToddSterns.com. So they put out a brand-new made-for-TV Disney Plus Christmas film. 
And this is causing a lot of controversy. We're going to get the writer of this uh, essay on from The Federalist. I thought she did a great job of describing this. Eleanor Bartow is her name, and she is a writer for The Federalist. And at first glance, the movie, the movie, made-for-TV movie, sounded like Disney had returned to its family-friendly roots. Now, this is the description. The name of the film, by the way, the movie is called The Naughty Nine on Disney+. Plus. Mischievous fifth grader Andy finds himself without a visit or presence from Santa on Christmas morning. Realizing he must have landed on the naughty list and feeling unfairly maligned, Andy pulls together a team of eight other naughty listers to help him execute an elaborate heist at the North Pole to get the presents they feel they deserve. Oh, so this is a criminal enterprise. So naughty Andy is going to, is going to break into Santa's workshop and steal toys. Along the way, the group comes to realize that the very best way off the naughty list is to redirect their unique talents for good instead of mischief. So that sounds okay. So they, they see the error of their ways, and uh, they, um, they become good, productive citizens of America. Well, it turns out um, there's a little bit more to it because the family here is um, – is one of the non-conventional families. According to The Federalist, the film features a family run by two gay dads, along with a scene about two young boys debating whether or not another young boy is a, quote, hottie. Oh, my. According to Miss Bartow, Disney is sexualizing kids and pushing LGBT identification even in a TVPG family movie about Christmas. She said she was especially troubled by Disney's decision to include a scene about two young boys lusting over an older boy. Quote, Hollywood's Christmas movies rarely include the Christ in Christmas anymore. Please nudge my memory on when they last did. But to me, this is a new low. With this scene, Disney is sexualizing the children and blurring the lines of what's acceptable behavior. <laughs> All right, so is is she being overdramatic here, or does she have a point? I mean, do you guys even let your kids watch Disney anymore? Is that like a thing? I seem to recall, and this was what, last year, when they interviewed these people from Disney, and they said, hey, look, you know, this is all part of a plan. We want to be more tolerant. We want to be more diverse, and look, if... If Mickey and Minnie want to, you know, do the boot scootin' boogie with Donald Duck, then who are we to say no? As a matter of fact, um, one executive producer, Latoya Raveno, an executive producer for Disney Television Animation, said our our leadership has been so welcoming to my not all secret gay agenda. She said, "I was just wherever I could, just basically adding queerness." A little fairy dust here, a little fairy dust there. I, my, I mean, my words, not hers, but she said they were adding queerness. I mean, what do you do? Is that like an assault shaker? How do you do that? She said no one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. Meanwhile, in recent weeks, the house that the mouse built has suffered through collapsing revenue streams and box office disasters. 
Investors were warned that their position on the wrong side of the culture war was costing them hundreds of millions of dollars. But here's the deal, folks. They don't care. They don't care because they know every nobody's going to quit Disney. Nobody's going to cancel their Disney vacation. And quite frankly, nobody has. After all this time, nobody has. You go down there, go down to Main Street and Disney and ask, just ask, hey, how many of you folks are good church-going Baptists? I guarantee you 80% of the people will raise their hands, including some of the drag queens. I'm just saying. Okay, they may be Methodist, but you know my point. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They have officially turned the happiest place on earth into the queerest place on earth. Ho, ho, ho. All right, uh, we got to take a break here. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. Um, new polling data out, and the News Nation reporting that right now Trump continues to lead the field. DeSantis is choice number two. Sixty-four percent of Republicans believe Trump is the best candidate to handle the economy. Now, this is interesting. Seventy-two percent of Republican voters say a conviction against Trump would not impact their vote. Well, this is very interesting. Uh, Trump, again, the front runner, holds a 50-point lead over Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. This is a News Nation Decision Desk HQ poll that was released today. So I want you to think about this, especially in, in Iowa, where there's been so much talk about this evangelical leader, Bob Vanderplatz, and Governor Kim Reynolds. And it looks as though, at least right now, it looks as though their endorsements of Ron DeSantis have had zero impact, none whatsoever. By the way, I will say this. I thought DeSantis did a good job of presenting the facts. I mean, he delivered the facts in the Newsom debate or whatever that thing was on Fox. But the reality is it was the delivery. He had the knowledge. It was just the way he delivered it, the way he conducted himself. It's very odd. On foreign policy, Trump also held a sizable lead. 61% of the Republican Party back him over Haley. She had 13%, and then DeSantis had 8 I want to play some audio. This is Liz Cheney, cut number two. If a person is a member of Congress and they have sworn an oath to defend the Constitution... Can they defend the Constitution and also endorse Donald Trump? No. So they're consistent. They're breaking with their oath by saying they would like him to be the next president. In my view, you know, fundamentally, there is a choice to be made. You can't both be for Donald Trump and for the Constitution. You have to choose. So she uh, and again, um, we believe that Donald Trump has been following the Constitution. It's. It's the other side that has been using the Constitution as a bat to attack Donald Trump. Cut number three. You say Donald Trump, if he is reelected, it will be the end of the republic. What do you mean? He's told us what he will do. It's very easy to see the steps that he will take. People who say, well, if he's elected, it's not that dangerous because we have all of these checks and balances 
don't fully understand the extent to which the Republicans in Congress today um, have been co-opted. One of the things that we see happening today is a sort of a, a sleepwalking into a dictatorship in the United States. What is she talking about? This is, this is a woman whose family got us involved in the Iraq war when there was no evidence of weapons of mass destruction. So talk about sleepwalking through history. Her family slept walked this country through a war in Iraq. But again, going back to the premise here that Donald Trump is a Nazi, where is the evidence? One thing. Well, he said he was going to go after his political enemies. Yeah, good for him. I hope he does. Quite frankly, those people committed crimes against the Constitution, crimes against America. And I hope Trump goes after every single one of them. You don't think they've weaponized the, the, the Justice Department to, to destroy Donald Trump and his family? Unbelievable. And by the way, the evidence is growing every single day that, that the Justice Department, they're using these, these uh, criminal cases knowing full well they're going to lose at the end of the day, but they want to drain Donald Trump of his wealth. That's all this is meant to be. And it's not working. Again, 73% of, a, of Republicans say even if, even if Trump is indicted, they're going to vote for Donald Trump. I'm curious. There are a lot of DeSantis listeners out there in the audience, big fans. And I get that. But if DeSantis is not going to be the guy, and there are indications that his campaign's running out of money, you've got the big donors now backing Nikki Haley, where does your support go? If it's not going to be DeSantis, does your vote go to Nikki Haley? Or does your vote go to Donald Trump? Or Vivek Ramaswamy? Who gets your vote? 901-260-5926. Again, our telephone number, 901-260-5926. PatriotMobile.com, ladies and gentlemen. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Lots of great resources for you there. America's only Christian and conservative wireless carrier. And they're just waiting for you to reach out and learn how you can be a part of this alternative patriot economy. One of the ways you can do that is switch your cell phone service. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. And you'll find all the information there. Use my promo code. You're going to get some great discounts. We'll be right back, folks. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's go to the phones here. David in Macon, Georgia. Hi, David. What's on your mind? Hi, Todd. Other than anything J6 related, can you please tell me what one non-conservative thing that Liz Cheney did while in Congress? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not following you here, David. Other than anything January 6th, related can you tell me one thing that liz cheney did while in congress that was not conservative so again i slowing down and asking the same question over is not helpful david so what is your point here my point is liz cheney has never done anything 
that was not conservative other than crossing Trump. Do you know of anything that Liz Cheney ever did while in Congress that was not no, up until up until Trump became president and she got came down with a raging case of Trump derangement syndrome, she was a pretty darn good congressperson. But then she flipped her lid and became I mean her hatred of Donald Trump literally consumed this woman to the point where she would be willing to vote for a Democrat right now. Right. So it's like a religious cult. All that matters you, is your obedience. All that matters is your obedience to Trump. You don't care about conservatism. You just want obedience to uh, our Jesus. What, so first of all, David, I, I'm I'm confused here. How did you how did you extrapolate that from from what I just told you? I'm trying to understand what Cheney and Kinzinger did that was not conservative. They tried to destroy a sitting president of the United States from their own party. That's what they tried to do. Other than, so they did nothing other than January 6th related things. They did it to themselves, David. Uh, again, I, I'm not quite sure you're, you're getting this. You're grasping this. Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Todd, I know you're stupid, but you're not this stupid. Come on, stop playing so dumb. How am I stupid? I'm, I'm just going to play along here. How am I stupid, David? Are, tell me, tell me how how Donald Trump is responsible for, first of all, her hatred of him goes far beyond what happened on January the 6th. And that far predates that. On January 5th, did you think Liz Cheney hated Trump? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She is on the record. She's on the record, David, for hating Donald Trump. On January 5th. That's right, David. You've got to do your homework here, David. Before you come onto the program and you call me stupid, I'm sitting here giving you a platform, and all you're doing, you're spewing names. You're stupid. He's orange Jesus. You know what, David? We're done here. If you want to come back and have an actual discussion, a debate, happy to do it, but you got to bring facts with you. I know the good people of Macon, Georgia, are just embarrassed by what happened. All right. Um, again, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Let's go. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, we were able to do an interview with Troy Miller, who is the president and chief executive officer of the National Religious Broadcasters Group, and uh, they're doing some incredible work right now in Israel. Let's take a listen. You know, Troy, this this really has um, has been something to see the the Christian community here in the United States standing up and and really partnering side by side with the nation of Israel. Um, a lot of people may be surprised by that, but but you are not. No, the Christian community has a long history of partnering with Israel. Uh, we do a lot of it behind the scenes, but it, of course the Holy Land there for a long time has been a, a great place for Christians to go see and, and walk and look at the heritage of our faith. So there's been a lot of partnerships in tourism and recently a lot more partnerships in collaboration with businesses, especially as, uh, should I say it this way, American businesses have gone woke. Israeli businesses have been a place for Christians to partner with. And, and of course, um, the religious broadcasting community plays a very significant role in, in Israel itself. I know a, a number of uh, ministries here in America have broadcasting centers there. 
And of course, our good friend, mutual friend, Joel Rosenberg, has been keeping us updated on a lot of the things that have been happening, boots on the ground. Right. Joel's been great. If you haven't signed up, you sign up for his newsletter. But there's probably, I think, Todd, over a dozen ministries, uh, uh, CBN, TBN, that have news bureaus in uh, Israel. And they've really been key to reporting since the events on October 7th, because the mainstream media, for the most part, has um, turned Israel into the villain and the Palestinians into the victims. So really Christian news, Christian media, and Christian broadcasting, they've kind of filled in the gap to bring a lot of the truth of what's going on in the ground over there and the truth of what's really behind this war. And honestly, that's that's been a big thing for, for a lot of folks like Pastor Robert Jeffress, uh, many of these other great NRB members, uh, they've written books. And uh, I think people understand that what's really going on is not a political war, but this is really more of a spiritual, more of a religious battle that's being waged over there right now. Oh, I, absolutely. The the roots of this are certainly a spiritual battle. Uh, I don't know how you can look at it. We've been on a number of calls. We're, we're on a number of, of coalitions uh, that are involved with supporting and helping Israel. So we've had the the, the chance to be on a number of calls with rabbis and, and folks in the Israeli government. And what happened on October 7th, I don't think you can say anything other than it was pure evil. And and we as Christian would say that that was demonic, really forces behind that. I don't, I don't know how human beings could be as cruel as some of the things that we've learned about that ha- really went on that day. And so you're, you're right, Christians have been not only... The, helping Israel. We've had a number of ministries there providing aid to Israel, aid to the communities that were attacked, but also Christians have been uh, really deeply in prayer because this is really, as you said, a spiritual battle, and we've put that call and continue to put that call out for Christians to be in prayer for Israel, for peace in Israel, and I'm just going to say it also, there's a small faction of Palestinian Christians that are caught in this that we've been praying for as well. Troy, I want to talk about what's happening in America. We've been watching these protests uh, just a few days ago, New York City at the Rockefeller Christmas tree, uh, people shouting Allah Akbar, wanting to burn the American flag, uh, saying horrible things. Are, are you surprised by this, this level of anti-Semitism in America? And where do you think it finds its roots? Well, it, it is, I will say it's a bit shocking, you know, to, to see this sort of rise up, but it really finds its roots in what's been going on over the last decade or so in our universities and our schools with critical race theory, with intersectionality, with this whole idea of turning everybody into oppressors and victims and colonizers and, and, and that. And I think it's really caught the Jewish community off guard more than anybody because for a large part, the Jewish community in America is secular, and they've really supported a lot of the progressive causes. And now the progressives have really turned on the Jewish community. So I think that has been a, a shock. You know, one of the things I saw uh, last night in New York or the other night in New York, not only were they chanting, you, you know, for the Palestinians, but crazy things like Jesus was a Palestinian, you know. And so we look at what's going on with anti-Semitism uh, in America with the Jews, and we know that 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 the idea is to 
silence the Jews, get rid of the Jews. And so we sort of say what happens, getting rid of Saturday, well, Sunday follows that. Christians aren't far behind. So we are in lockstep with the Jewish people on fighting anti-Semitism. National Religious Broadcasters, Troy, uh, you guys are playing a, a massive role in protecting religious liberty and also free speech in, in America. And a lot of folks may not be aware of the impact uh, and the and the power of the force that is NRB. Oh, yeah, we do. That's kind of primarily what we work on on the Hill is to keep access for Christian broadcasters, Christian media, Christian communicators to the public square and to these public debates that are going on. So there's a, a lot going on. Of course, if you've recently seen all of the subpoenas now, the, the news that's come out, how much the Biden administration was colluding with social media networks uh, and, and stuff to silence um, COVID discussions, they were silencing pro-life discussions, they silenced pro-family discussions, and so we're in a big battle here about how and who we can communicate to because this administration in particular would love to silence the Christian media and the conservative media, folks like yourselves, and so we really go to battle both on the Hill and in kind of the public sector and the media to say, hey, th this has got to stop. And we have a lot of friends and a lot of allies on the Hill, but it's a it's a battle, Todd. Well, it is. And you guys are just doing a terrific job. Uh, look, it's great to be able to stand alongside you guys on the front lines of, of this fight. And uh, that's what it is. So uh, we really appreciate, Troy, you and the great team there at NRB. Well, thank you, Todd. We appreciate you guys and all that you're doing. You know, our conference is going to come up. It's the largest Christian media conference. It'll be at the end of February, 20th through the 23rd in Nashville, Tennessee. You can go to nrb.org and check it out. If you're in Christian media or conservative media, you really should be there. It's And by the way, you guys host an incredible conference. It's a lot of fun, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. All right. Troy Miller, everybody, from National Religious Broadcasters, a great guy. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Let's go right, right away to our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, good friend of this program, Art Alley joins us. Art, of course, is founder of the Timothy Plan, and uh, folks, they've been longtime friends of this program, and they do some incredible work. TimothyPlan.com is the website. That's TimothyPlan.com. Art, hope you're doing well today. Todd, I hope Dylan didn't tell you I couldn't resist. 80 degrees here in Orlando. All right. We're, thank you for joining us today, Art Alley. Uh, we've got to move. Bye. <laughs> wow. Good for you. <laughs> you see, another oh, reason Another reason why Florida is a God-blessed place. So uh, that's... Uh, Amen, man. That is, that is terrific. You know, it's interesting, Art. I was watching the debate uh, last week, Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, and it was really interesting to, to see um, DeSantis standing up to these attacks coming from Newsom uh, when he's been defending moms and dads, going after Disney and going after this wokeness that has really in infected the culture. 
My only regret is that I wish he wasn't running this time for president and would stay down here. We need him as governor in this state. Uh, he can be president next time. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for him. But uh, he is solid, man. And you, know, you put him up against the Newsom, it's a no contest. No, th- this is so true. And, and I, I'm with you. It was This was a missed opportunity uh, this was a chance for DeSantis to get behind Trump, maybe serve his VP, and who knows? He he just may end up. You know how Trump is. Um, but ultimately, this is just not the time for him. Well, if I take, took a poll of Floridians, overwhelmingly stay in the governor's mansion. We need him here. He's actually, Todd, done more good as governor than he could have as president, I believe. Uh, he's one of the very few, and, and and others are starting to follow his lead. He stands on the Constitution, of all things, and just tells his government, you can't do that. That's not constitutional. Um, so, you know, the free state of Florida, we're lo- living large and loving it down here. I love it. Uh, Art Alley, ladies and gentlemen, founder and president of TimothyPlan.com, TimothyPlan.com. You know, Art, for so many years, a lot of these large-scale fund managers told you there's no way that you could be successful if you filter out investments for things like abortion, pornography, alcohol, tobacco, and a lot of this anti-family entertainment out there. How How's that working out, Art Alley? <laughs> well, Todd, uh, you know, we, we are competitive. We have proved them all wrong, uh, but most of them don't understand the book that, that – um, directs our steps, and it's called the Bible. Uh, We're just a biblically responsible mutual fund family. We have proven you don't have to compromise values and should not uh, in your investment world and the way you spend on the stores that you frequent. You know, the one phrase I hope catches on and is on everybody's lips is, go woke, go broke. And, uh, you know, companies are, are seeing the truth in that. Uh, some of them are starting to get it a little bit. The majority are not. So audience out there, every time you go into a target or go, you know, if you happen to come down to this, go woke, go broke. I'm not going to spend my money there and I'm not going to invest in your company. Uh, that'll make a difference because Todd, we outnumber them, far outnumber them. We have been just a little too, uh, comfortable in our pursuing the uh, great American dream of unlimited prosperity and not paid attention to what's going on all around us. People are waking up, and thank God that they are. And Timothy Plan, by the way, folks, reaching that $2 billion threshold. And I think, again, Art, that just shows that more people of faith around the world are choosing this biblically responsible method of investing and understanding that profitability and responsibility can actually work hand in hand. That's exactly right, and it does make a difference. Even if it doesn't make a difference to the companies, it makes a difference to you. You know, we are all responsible for the money that's been entrusted to us, and we need to pay a little more attention, and people are starting to do that, and thank God they are. And we're here for them if uh, they need some education on who's doing what out there we'll tell them i mean we will evaluate any investments they have uh and let them know you know they uh, people are just not aware how much money if somebody is guiding them in their investments how much money they're invested in companies uh 
that are involved in abortion and pornography and the LGBTQ++ agenda and all the other addictive things, alcohol, tobacco, casino, gift, you don't have to own those companies. And, you know, we're about to celebrate our 30th anniversary. Uh, and, you know, we have proven you can get decent competitive returns without compromising your biblical values. And, and again, we're big supporters of getting getting started early, young people, getting involved, uh, start Amen. making those investments. And uh, so moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, send your grandkids, send your kids over to timothyplan.com. You can also give them a call. All that information is on the website, and it's really rethinking the way you think about in- investing. So, Art, uh, we're going to leave it there. I got ten seconds here. Uh, God bless you, man, and we really appreciate the great work you guys are doing. Hey, man, same to you. Keep it up, Todd. Uh, you are a special friend. Thank you so much, Art Alley, ladies and gentlemen. And I am telling you, this is going to revolutionize our nation. Uh, and they're just doing some incredible work. Timothyplan.com. Timothyplan.com. We've got the link in our live show blog. And uh, their phone number is there at the very top of the page. All sorts of great information. And they just want to help you. And uh, I just think that's terrific. All right, folks. Hour three of the big show coming up. This is the Todd Starnes Program. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. This is Hour 3, and we also want to welcome all of our Newsmax viewers as we simulcast this hour of the National Radio Show. Our telephone number, and you will need this if you want to call in today, so write it down, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926 if you want to weigh in on the big stories of the day. Uh, I want to go back to um, to an interesting thing that happened over at, over at Fox where Greg Gutfeld did something rather dramatic. And and honestly, I will be surprised if he is on the air today after what went down on his show on Friday when he just went full-blown savage on the censorship of the media industrial complex, and he actually called out his own bosses at Fox News Channel. It was pretty shocking. Let's take a listen. Cut 21. It's like extorting Jerry Nadler with salad. (laughs) Or blackmailing sports fans by threatening to cancel PBS. (laughs) The fact is, Musk may be the last man standing between real freedom of speech and the suffocating block of the censorship industrial complex, which is made up of government, media, and tech forces. He realizes that advertisers have no spine and can be easily cowed by special interest groups in cahoots with political allies. If you don't believe me, I got two words for you. Tucker Carlson. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, wow wow uh, look at that huh? room. 
Wow. Did you the the reaction from the audience? They didn't know what to do. Are we supposed to laugh? Are we supposed to boo? Are we supposed to cheer? Are we going to get shot? What's going on here? What do we do? It's this was shocking because in in a way Gutfeld was basically attacking his own network, the people that are writing his paycheck every other week at six, at 1211 6th Avenue. So look, Gunfeld was basically admitting what we've all known is that it was it was the network that waved the surrender flag instead of standing up to the bullies who would come in and and we saw this a lot when I was when I was at Fox if if they didn't like your opinion about something, then the advertisers would call up and they would threaten to pull their advertising. And so by and large what would happen at that point is that and this is all after Roger Ailes left the network. So when Roger left the network, all of a sudden, you you didn't have that safety. You didn't have that protection because Roger wouldn't put up with this nonsense. Somebody said, well, I don't like, let's just say, let's just say that Disney called up and said, we don't like Starnes making fun of uh, zippity doo da zippity a. And Roger would say, well, you know what? You just head on out here and guess what? My, oh my, it's going to be a mighty nice day. Because we're not going to tolerate that. You want to take our advertising? Go ahead. Take the advertising away. There are plenty of other people who want to advertise on Fox News. And by the way, that is the correct response to these people, this cancel culture mob out there. There's a much more profane version of that going on right now. And I know Tucker and Elon Musk have been using that profane message. But by and large, they're saying, you know what? Forget you. You don't. You don't like our. You don't like what we have to say, and you're going to threaten us with your advertising. You take your advertising and never come back. That's what's happening right now with with Twitter X, Elon Musk, and Elon is saying, "I'm not going to play this game. You don't. You don't want to advertise on our platform. You don't want to talk to the hundreds of millions of people who utilize X. Okay, fine. Go somewhere else. Go to Threads. I'm sure you'll be very happy there." By the way, does anybody even use threads anymore? I, I, it's all very confusing. So that's what's going on there. And I, gosh, Gutfeld, good for you. Um, wow, I hope that I hope that ends okay for you, because Fox doesn't like it when people do stuff like that on their network. Oh, by the way, Arthel Neville, she is probably one of the most liberal Fox News hostettes. And uh, she was anchoring the Trump rally over the weekend. And Fox News Channel literally cut away from the rally. This is why you need to be watching Newsmax. Newsmax provides all the coverage. Fox News cut away. And I want you to hear how that went down. Cut 22. You had no trouble with North Korea, did you? No trouble whatsoever. Started a little bit rough, right? Rocket man, little rocket man. (laughs) He said, we've got a red button on my desk, he said. I said, I have a red button also, but mine's bigger, better, and it works. Mine works. (laughs) And then, no. Well, the former president finally got around to some campaign promises amid lots of cheering, as you heard. Many untruths. The 2020 election was not rigged. It was not stolen. Uh, That's the fair and balanced news gal over at, at Fox News Channel. Do you understand now why so many people are turning off Fox News and turning on Newsmax? That's the reason why, right there, folks. Look, if you're going to have an opinion, at, at least be honest about it. Don't don't hide behind some sort of a badge that says, I'm a journalist, 
and I am pronouncing the facts of the day. No, no, you're not. You're spewing your opinion, and it's a left-wing opinion. And the fact of the matter is you'd probably be more comfortable over at MSDNC or CNN, the most profane name in news. But more likely, MSDNC. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. Now, there is another war brewing in this country. And we have seen the attacks on the Jews here in America. It is absolutely ugly. It is heinous. It's going to get worse. But may I just say that the Christians in America have been enduring these kinds of attacks for a very long time as well. And that's only going to get worse. There was a conversation that uh, James Carville had with Bill Maher about Speaker Mike Johnson. And their theory is, and, and we've got several pieces of audio to play here, their theory is that if you are a church-going Christian, and I'm going to go ahead and throw in a traditional conservative Catholic, if you go to an evangelical church or a Catholic church, then you are a greater danger to this nation than Al-Qaeda. I mean, This is the thinking of James Carville. You might wonder, why do I know that name? Why, do, why well, I'm James Carville, and I'm married to Mary Matlin. I don't know why she's married to me, because all I do is holler and scream like this all the time, and I'm from Louisiana. Louisiana! Oh, you think I'm joking? Cut number 15. So, uh, Mike Johnson, he's from your home state of Louisiana, oh, the Speaker of the House. I read today, he wrote a foreword in a book right. that describes to conspiracy theories and homophobic insults. I thought, Mike... Mike Johnson wrote the foreword to the Bible? Uh, do you think Mike Johnson can hold his party together now that he has taken the mantle? Well, first of all, I don't think he can hold his party together. Second of all, you're exactly right. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. When I, I, I promise you, I know these people. Well, you're talking about Christian nationalism. That's absolutely. This is a, a bigger <clears throat> threat than al-Qaeda uh, to this country. They, and let me tell you something. They have the Speaker of the House. They got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Right? Don't kid yourself. And, and people in the press have no idea who this guy is, how he was formed, what the threat is. And this is a fundamental threat. To the United States, it is a fundamental. They don't believe in a constitution. They'll tell you that. Mike Johnson himself says, "What is democracy but but two wolves and a lamb having lunch?" That's what they really, really, really believe. And to say, "Oh, come on, man, that's just some crazy." No, no, they they believe that, and they're coming, and they've been doing it forever. They're funded. They're funded. They're yeah. relentless. And, you know, they probably won't win for a while, but they might. No, and if just, they do, you, it's, you blow, the whole country blows again. You just have All right, so this is the narrative, and this is important, because once Trump gets the nomination, they're going to put that final puzzle piece in there. So they're, they're saying that all of you people who are Christians, and maybe you fly an American flag outside of your church house, or maybe there's an American flag inside your sanctuary, that you people are Christian nationalist, and you're a danger to the world. 
you're more dangerous than the people that flew jetliners into the buildings on 9 that, that that's what that's what this guy is saying well i've been drinking a little bit too much moonshine Tom. maybe that's the problem but when you when trump gets the nomination and you see there are there are parallel lines here so they're they're wanting to they're wanting you to believe that anybody who goes to church anybody goes to mass on a regular basis that you people are very dangerous individuals why do you think the FBI was trying to infiltrate the Catholic Church in Richmond, Virginia, and in California? Why do you think they were trying to do that? This was not happening in some sort of a vacuum. And so now you've got the other side out there. You've got these idiots in the mainstream media. And these people have mush for brains. They have no brain power of their own. So they need people like the Barack Hussein Obamas of the world to fill their mind with the mush to print these stories. The Atlantic just dedicated an entire issue warning of a fascist Trump presidency. Now, keep in mind, there's no evidence that Trump is fascist. There's no evidence that Trump is Hitler. Meanwhile, there's plenty of evidence that the Democrats are because they're literally marching in the streets, waving Nazi flags, trying to shut down Jewish businesses. But they don't want you to pay attention to that. So what's going to happen is when when we get into the general election, there will be an effort to silence and shame and bully any Christian in America. You go and vote on election day, you're a fascist. You're a Nazi. That's what's going to happen here, folks. So look, we're going to be taking your calls here, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. And remember this, though. They're calling you the Nazis. Meanwhile, these people are out there in the streets of America marching in support and defense of people who are kidnapping four-year-old American little girls and doing horrifying things to Israeli women and children. Unbelievable. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. By the way, our telephone number is 901-260-5926. Fred called in from Knoxville, Tennessee. Fred, what's on your mind? Hey, man, I love your show. Just first time I've been able to see it. Thank and, you. Uh, I just, uh, I'm sitting here and watch all this stuff on TV. Everybody's saying, you know, Trump's got this huge lead. But, you know, Nikki Haley was a fine governor in South Carolina. And, you know, Tim Scott's a fantastic individual. I don't know an awful lot about DeSantis, but I do know this, that the current things that are going on in today's society, why cannot, why can we not have Trump there for Haley and these other people to rebuttal with him and let the people be able to hear if he can respond effectively to today's current climate versus, you know, defending himself for all this stuff going on, you know, that happened to him and still happening to him. Fred, it's, look, it's a, it's a fair point. And um, I've been a longtime supporter of the president. He's got my endorsement. He had it months ago. But I have been encouraging the, the president's team to, you know, to get out there and debate. I think it's healthy for the president. And quite frankly, I think a good, strong debate performance would shut down all of this and everybody else would just drop out. You're probably right. And, but it could it could change the narrative for certain people too because you never know. I don't know. I, I, I I'm not hanging my hat with anybody. But at the same time, Trump has done a lot for this country, and I'm not saying anything negative to that effect. But you know, there, we need to have a clear 
a clear stage where people can hear what we need to hear versus all this TV stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Fred. I, I do have to ask you a question. Are you a football Are you a football guy, Fred? Oh yeah, I'm, I yeah, I love football. Well, you sound a big Tennessee Volunteer fan, and uh, I've got to read this uh, this news. This is breaking. Uh, Senator Rick Scott from Florida is now demanding answers and transparency from the College Football Playoff Selection Committee uh, following its decision to exclude Florida State from the playoffs. So. Uh, they're ready to go to war down there in Florida, Fred. That's some crazy stuff to happen with that. I, you, you would think that, you know, Florida State really deserves a shot, and, and it says they don't really count on their backup quarterback to be able to take them to the finish line for the you know the playoffs. So they say, oh, well, your main quarterback's gone. We're going to go ahead and kick you out since you guys don't have your main guy there. And uh, if Florida State can win every game like that and win out, you never know who they have in their back pocket that can come pull it off, you know. Fred, and it was that backup quarterback that got them an undefeated season, too. So, I, you know, I, I understand they don't want another issue like they had last year with the blowout in the championship game. But, I mean, what else does Florida State have to do? Uh, they, they finished their season undefeated. They won every game they had to win, and here they are left out in the cold. Well, the one thing I've said before to some of my friends, and I'll, and I'll make this quick, that this whole playoff thing ought to be all just dismantled anyway, regardless if it's four teams or seven or 20. Take everything like a bingo bingo ball spinner thing, put all the teams in there that are the top, top-ranked teams, and spin them, and let's fall out, and let's, let's play. Let's play ball. Fred, I, and, and Fred, I say we need to put into that big old pile of the, uh, the ping-pong balls one that is a trademark color of orange. <laughs> yes, sir, well... <laughs> I, I like orange. I like Clemson too, and I, I and I, and I like I, I like Clemson. I like Ohio State. I like I like them all. I'm from Indiana originally, so I have a little bias in this. I lived in South Carolina for a while, but UT Orange here is great, fantastic program here. I can't believe the change they've made, and Coach Heupel is an amazing person and a motivator. So you know, all these teams are just really showing out here in the last two years. I will say this: in, in spite of all of this, and Fred, I appreciate that call. In spite of all of this. Uh, you, I will. You just put up college football to anything on any given day than what the NFL is doing. There's just something about college football, and for then and then for this committee, and one of whom happens to be an athletic director. Uh, why in the world they have an athletic director on this on this selection committee is beyond me. But the idea that you have to have Alabama on every single year as a Tennessee Volunteer fan, I just really question question whether or not that has to be the case all right uh wow 901-260-5926 is our number and again the breaking news senator rick scott is now demanding uh answers from the college football playoff selection committee and we're going to try to get the senator on the program if not today tomorrow uh because and he is not the only one who's riled up over this uh doing a brief tangent here you've got coach mike norvell who again did everything that a coach and a team was supposed to do and then they get screwed at the end of the day and i it's just not right let me tell you what's going to happen you're going to have a lot of these teams that will now say you know what okay fine we're not going to we're not going to be playing these smaller schools anymore we're going to be going toe to toe with the big guys and so what's going to happen is a lot of these smaller schools that would take on like a florida state or a or a Georgia, or an Alabama. Uh, Those big schools aren't going to do that, and it will deny those smaller schools 
a big cut of the pie when you're talking about um, you know the receipts from the uh, from the ticket sales and um, and, and other things there. So anyway, it, it's a big mess. What can you say? Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. We're going to the phones, so hang tight, everybody. As uh, I know a lot of folks wanted to weigh in on this Florida State story, uh, but we are looking at a, an incredible poll. The latest Trafalgar poll coming out has Trump um, has the GOP majority at 54%. The story over at Newsmax.com. Nicole Wells is the author. I want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. And we're honored to have Robert Cahaley with us, senior strategist and pollster for the Trafalgar Group. Robert, good to have you back with us. Hey, it is it is awesome to be here. And Robert, and, just uh, be I want to weigh in a little bit. Yeah, go on ahead. The other thing first. First of all, um, Florida State don't play nobody, and and Georgia belongs in the top four. Uh, spoken like a true bulldog. Uh, <laughs> So I'm, I'm not. I'm a. I'm a gamecock, but I can tell you, Georgia is the second best team in America. So here's the thing, Robert. I I said this in the first hour of the program. Um, is that I I felt like Georgia should have been in that final four. Now Florida State, I could you know again. I understand they're undefeated, but Georgia to me seemed like the stronger team. And now you've got Senator Rick Scott, who is just he's making this a huge issue and uh, sending a letter just moments ago to the committee demanding answers and transparency. Oh, I, oh, Rick Scott sending a letter. Oh, that's so cute. Remember when he was not he was going to have an impact and he was majority leader? Fair, oh, yeah, that didn't happen either. Fair, right, fair enough. <laughs> now, if it was the Gators, this wouldn't even be a conversation because they deserve whatever they've got coming to them. So. Well, and, and frankly, Ohio State should be in the conversation because they only lost one game to undefeated Michigan. Well, we've got a lot of folks wanting to weigh in on this. Uh, it has really sort of rankled everybody. <laughs> and, of course, now it's becoming a big political issue. I think even the governor uh, got involved. Even Governor DeSantis got involved yesterday and all that. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. I guess, you know, they wanted to say, uh, if I, you know, give Washington something as a, oh, bye-bye, Pac-10, we're going to miss you. We'll give you one last shot. Well, all I can say is I can't wait for the playoff because when we get to the playoff, we'll, ha- we'll end up with SEC teams that dominate the last few rungs. Well, let's see what happens. And, I th- look, the reaction from Michigan was priceless when they found out they were going to be playing Alabama in the first round. So uh, they're, they're, they sounded very distressed. So they ought to be. So, and you know how it is. I don't know how, you know, again, I'm a big Tennessee volunteer guy, uh, Robert, and um, we fight like cats and dogs. But once we get into the playoffs, you know, you got to stand up for your conference. There's no question about it. And, and these guys aren't even in the same league. So, all right. It is a shame that you had to go down to four, but it is what it is. Let's talk about this poll that just came out, uh, and uh, not really a, much of a surprise, but uh, President Trump, 53.5% support, 
what what are you reading into where we're at right now with the polling? Well, first of all, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, Matt Towery and I, uh, he does Inside Advantage and I, I, I do um, Trafalgar. Both of us tend to keep having Trump and has a lower margin than the others. And I believe the other side, um, all the kind of left-wing news media, is doing what we what I call a rope-a-dope. They are artificially inflating Trump's numbers so that on these early primary states, they can each night go, well, Trump won, but, but he certainly fell short of expectations. And I think that they are doing that on purpose. Uh, I think they're doing it on purpose in the way that they collect their sample. But, I, you know, trying to manipulate voters through polls is, is not uncommon. They've, it's been done before. Um, I think what we have is where, uh, I mean, Trump is very strong in these polls. He's just not as ridiculous strong as some of the polls show. But then again, you know, our goal isn't to affect the electorate, it's to reflect the electorate. What's your take on the um, the number two and the number three spots? Uh, you've got DeSantis, what, at 16.7, Nikki Haley, 16.2. Of course, she made a lot of headlines last week. Uh, getting the uh, the big dollar donors in from the the Coke guys, um, is that going to help her down the road? Well, but the thing is, you know, I'm in South Carolina uh, uh, most of the time, and the, they've been running so many ads um, in South Carolina for the last six months, sending mail and everything else, uh, uh, attacking Trump. So getting behind Haley is just another step. I I think if they were going to make an impact, they already would have. They were going to settle but between one of the anti-Trump candidates, and so it doesn't surprise me. And when you dig through it, their real agenda is – the real agenda, the real reason they're doing all this is they don't want there any control of the border. Uh, look at what funds their programs and look at what – what uh, where the work has come for the factories? You'll understand the mode. I uh, look. I think that's a pretty fair statement. And and Haley has really been out there saying some bizarre things out on the campaign trail. You know, wanting to bring the um, the Palestinian refugees over. Um, she was uh, wanting to do this crackdown on free speech on social media, getting rid of the anonymous people as if people like Cat Turd, a very popular conservative, you know, guy on X, is somehow a threat to the national security. Well, add to that, look at how many people who gave uh, President Xi a standing ovation in San Francisco are lining it behind Haley. And then and, and, and then try to try to juxtapose that with their supposed position against China. So, so Robert, let's let's t- take us through this next little while. We've got the holidays coming up, uh, the Iowa caucus. Uh, do you did DeSantis do the right thing? It's like he's putting all of the eggs in in Iowa right now. Um, not doing much any in any other states. It's all about Iowa for him. I think that DeSantis is doing the exact smart thing he should because Iowa is going to set the expectation. He's also built quite an organization in South Carolina. Um, Iowa, New Hampshire, 
tend to have a much greater determination on who's going to be the nominee than New Hampshire does. And um, I think it's smart for him to come out of Iowa with a head of steam, um, having at, uh, built a great organization. And I think he's going to really exceed it. a lot of his expectations there. So I think I think he's, he's doing his campaign the way he should. I think Haley's doing what she should. And I think everybody's doing what they should. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, getting right down to it and seeing how Iowa comes out. And then, you know, then we, you head into New Hampshire and you've got the possibility of a DeSantis with a nice little lead. And, and then Haley has kind of will have built her firewall uh, in New Hampshire. And so there'll be a little fight there. And then, and then you come to South Carolina, and it really comes down to how many people are left in the race at that point. Uh, there, there's only, I've always said there's two lanes in this primary. There's the MAGA lane, and there's the establishment lane. And Haley is clearly leading in the establishment lane, and Trump is clearly leading in the MAGA lane. And if we come right down to MAGA versus establishment, MAGA's going to win 70-30. All right. Well, Robert, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, your polling's always been so, so accurate, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the program, and uh, thanks for giving us an update here. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, well, have a good one. All right, you too and now. again, the Bulldogs and, and, uh, and the uh, Crimson Tide uh, ought to be playing for the final game again. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it from the man himself, Robert Cahaley from the Trafalgar Group. All right, we've got to take a quick break here, folks, and pay some bills. You can also see that polling data over at Newsmax.com. Our number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome back to the Todd Stern Show. Welcome to all of our viewers on Newsmax 2. And if you haven't done so, head over to our website and bookmark our website, toddsterns.com. We have uh, all sorts of great content for you there, free of charge. You can also download my free podcast, all three hours of the Todd Stearns radio show. All right, let's go to the phones. Gary in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Gary, what's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon, Todd. Um, concerning the Florida State being left out, uh, I am a huge FSU fan, have been since 1989. But if I was in the room choosing, voting whether or not to put them in the top four, I would not. They're going for the – they say they're going for the best four teams. It's unfortunate that uh, all the dynamics of the team, it rests on the shoulders of one guy, that being Jack, Jordan Travis. Um, and when he broke his leg, when he looked at that Louisville game and even the Florida game with with the second string quarterback, um, it would just kind of show that they're not equipped. They don't have the the talent at backup to compete with Michigan, uh, uh, Washington. I don't think um, Georgia or Alabama, and probably even Texas as well. So it's kind of like I re- I. Compared to a soldier, if you were a soldier going into a, to a gun battle, would you want a rifle that could maybe fire every now and then, but you didn't know when it would work and when it wouldn't work, or would you would you rather go in there with a you know fully loaded uh, machine gun that you know would work flawlessly? 
Gary, I'm um, curious. How early in the season did the did the quarterback go down with the, with a leg injury? Well, I mean, it was the second to the last game of the season, North Alabama, right before the Florida game, and uh, and that was it. I mean, that there was that late in the season. Well, I you know if if I were looking at things, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, it seems to me that Georgia would have been my pick over Alabama. They were they were ranked eighth what through most of of the season there, and they just had that devastating loss at home. I mean, I don't think you can compare that loss to their to eking out the win over Georgia in the SEC championship, which has now quite frankly become the national is the de facto national championship game. Well, luckily, next year it expands to 12. I always thought four was not enough um, because of situations just like this and, and prior. But next year it's 12, so it'll be it'll be much easier to get in the playoffs next year and beyond than it will, you know, these, these past years. All right. Well, Gary, good luck, though. I mean, I guess you're going to be pretty excited about all of this. Well, our daughter-in-law is a Georgia fan, so oh, yes, well. there's going to be a little feud there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm expecting a huge loss, and, and you just can't – we can't compete against that kind of caliber team without uh, our starting quarterback. Well, there you go. All right, Gary, appreciate that call, and good luck to Florida State, all the great teams. Liberty University, first time going undefeated and going to a big bowl game. And, of course, uh, right here in Memphis where we broadcast on Newsmax 2 – uh, we've got the Liberty Bowl, and I believe Iowa State and the Memphis Tigers. First time that the Tigers have been in the Liberty Bowl since 2017, and so that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, wherever wherever your team gets to go to a bowl, you're going to have a good time. All right, uh, let's go to Victor in Silver Springs, Maryland. Hi, Victor. What's on your mind today? Well, I want to amplify on Fred's call. Um, I heard you play that clip of that woman in Chicago complaining about the Democrats. Isn't it about time that Trump and his people start going into these cities now, not later, now, and start talking what, how things are going to be different and to remind the minorities that they were better off when Trump was president? Yes, I am a huge proponent of that, and, and that's where the Republicans need to be. Honestly, Victor, uh, these communities have been left behind by the Democrats. It is very clear now that we see what's happening in these sanctuary cities, not just in New York, but also in Chicago. And, and I say this is an opportunity, and I don't want it to be a missed opportunity. Victor, years ago, this was back when Romney was running, I was talking to a minister uh, he was a pastor of the largest Hispanic evangelical church in Chicago. And he said, you know, we have thousands of people that go to our church every Sunday, and we invited Mitt Romney and his team to come and attend a service and to meet our people. And he said, yeah, we've got a lot of Democrats in, in our congregation, but we also have a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans. And he never could get the Republicans to show up. And again, that is what I call a missed opportunity, Victor. It absolutely is. And right now, I'm in a bad mood because the Pope has decided he's going to be on the side of climate change, and um, I'm fed up with that. Well, I'm I'm sorry, uh, your Pope's gone squirrely. I, I don't know how to, you know, I'm a Protestant, Victor, but uh, even I can tell that uh, something's not right there, and um, I, I hope that 
that good God-fearing uh, Catholics will be able to to stand the ground there. Uh, but man, it is it's pretty crazy. Maybe we need to to we'll bring on the some of the um, some of the cardinals here in America and uh, and talk about that. Maybe we can do an hour. Victor, appreciate that call, and you hang in there. Uh, let's go to. Bob in Florida wants to talk about Rashida Tlaib. Hey, Bob, what you got for us? Hi, Todd. Thanks for sitting me in here. Um, something that's not been covered, and I don't understand why, right after this Tlaib woman, that's a definite question whether that's a woman. Anyways, uh, right after that, the Jewish woman was killed in Detroit. And the cops, of course, right over, came right out and said, oh, no, no, it's no conspiracy or anything. Where's that going? I think that woman should be brought up on charges of murder for what she said and what happened. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, Bob. I'm I'm not sure that they can do that legally. I mean, it's, it's one thing if she is there and she is fomenting the crowd. Remember, um, oh, is Maxine Waters, when she was in the park in Los Angeles, talking about going after the Trump supporters and the grocery stores and the gas stations. I, I always felt like that opened her up to, to criminal charges as well. Anytime anybody attacked a Trump supporter in a gas station, supermarket, or restaurant, um, she, should, she ought to be charged as an accessory to the crime. Uh, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, that's what they could do with Rashida Tlaib, but I don't think they're going to do it, Bob. The Republicans are more likely to expel another one of their own as opposed to expel a Democrat. Well, I, I agree with that, but it doesn't seem like the news coverage is even even cares about this poor woman. And it well, happened right after she got up there and started spewing this Thomas crap. Yeah, I'm not familiar. To, uh, Bob, I, I'm not familiar enough to weigh in on that particular story. I'll tell you what I will do um, after the show. I'll research it, and, um, and I can bring it up tomorrow. But I, I will look into that for you. Bob, got to run. Appreciate that call. Uh, folks, Real, uh, you know what? Let's get John in Kentucky real quick. John, you got about 15 seconds. I understand you have a new nickname for Rona McDaniel. Yes, I do. It's called Corona Rona McDaniel. She's got, every time she comes on your on somebody's show, she always seems to change her what change and a new variant. So Corona Rona. All right. I, I like that. Um, yeah, it may grow on me. Uh, John, good job. Very creative. We have one of the most creative audiences in all of talk radio, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Look, uh, that is going to wrap things up here. We are heading right in to the Newsmax TV show. So check us out on Newsmax.com or any of their social media platforms. Folks, been a great day. You get out there and you be good, America.